Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a superb podcast for you as we're going to be having on our good buddy, Sean Tierney. You know him as the man that runs Charting Hockey and he's on Twitter at Charting Hockey. He's going to be joining me in the second segment. If that sounds a little bit random for a baseball podcast, it's because he normally is breaking down the NHL, but with that league being on hiatus, so it is soon to return, he has delved into a little bit of the Asian baseball market. He's been doing a great job of breaking down the NPB along with KBO. So we're going to be talking about what he's noticed in these two leagues, how they are sort of similar, different, all that good stuff in the second segment. Give you a little bit of analysis with regards to the games that are going to be coming up Saturday night and Sunday morning. And in the final segment, going to give you a side in total on every game in both the NPB and KBO for this weekend and a little something I like to call touch them all. First things first, always love to be able to answer your Twitter questions. If there's something you'd like answered on this podcast, fire it into my timeline at GNRSQuarty1. If you send these via DM, aka direct message, well, letters DM to me and me does not matter. And I know that the main questions I've gotten have been with regards to the MLB season, what am I looking for? The big thing with that is if you're looking for what I've been really keeping my eye on for the upcoming MLB season, listen back to the podcast I've been doing this week. I had on our good buddy Scott Seidenberg to talk about the MLB season win totals. Two days ago, I talked to Alex Fast with regards to what I'm looking at with regards to pitchers for this upcoming season. And then we had a little bit more of a general MLB talk about three or so days ago with... 
Joe Rivera of Sporting News looking a little bit more about how hitters might be in front of the pitchers. So we looked at all those different aspects of it. It's a much better answer that I could give you just in this podcast. And that way I'm not keeping this podcast overly long or anything else as well. So got some angles I'm looking at with the MLB season. I'm still looking to see how spring training is going to be looking for some of these squads or reports that we're hearing with regards to pitchers and all that before I make any more widespread any more wide-sweeping assessments of the season because this is obviously uncharted territory and I've got to be taking it a little bit more one step at a time as well. So if you're looking at a little bit more analysis when it comes to the upcoming 60-game MLB season, listen back to the podcast that I've done those last three days. Those three interviews should really be able to help you out. And we always love to be able to help you out with regards to knowing how these teams in the KBO and MPB are looking. So let's take a look back at yesterday's results, try to find some trends, and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. What happened yesterday? Yesterday. Let's go around the bases and find out. We very nearly had a no-hitter in the KBO. Actually, we almost had two. We'll go to the one that came a little bit closer first, as the LG Twins were able to take down the SK Wyverns by a count of 3-0. to zero. With one out in the bottom of the ninth, the SK Wyverns had yet to get a hit, as it was a complete game shutout for former number one pick Chen Hun Jung. But it actually got a little bit hairy, because with one out in the ninth inning, the SK Wyverns come up with three hits, Bases get loaded for Jamie Romack with one out. He winds up going down, and then Jung Wooku winds up not being able to put anything on the board either. So that was very interesting. Big takeaway from this game is one Ricardo Pinto did not look bad in this game. He won five and a third innings. He gave up one run in his start. So he certainly did his job. But what you want to be concerned about is that he was pulled after five and a third innings after only allowing one walk and 72 pitches. Looks like he left this game with some form of an injury. You want to take a look at his status moving forward from there. The bullpen wound up having to get three and two thirds innings for the Wyverns. They gave up two runs, one of which were earned. And for the LG Twins, obviously, Jung had an absolutely terrific performance. And in this one, for a hitting standpoint, John Wong Lee, how about him going 3 of 3 at the top of the lineup with 2 RBI? And Roberto Ramos, he continues to struggle a little bit. Just one home run over the last three weeks. He went 0-4 in this game. You had the NC Dinos be able to do a not-so-good job in the bullpen, to say the least, against the Doosan Bears as the Bears put up three field goals in the 8th inning. It was a bottomless 8th inning as the Doosan Bears get a 12-3 win for the Dinos. Now, for the Dinos, Sung Young Cha, he wound up being able to give the team a solid start. He goes six innings, gives up three runs. That's all you can hope for from a young 23-year-old. Bullpen from there. Oh, it did not go well. Myung Gi Sung wound up giving the team a scoreless inning, and then Jaywon Bay along with Young Goo Kim give up a combined nine runs in that eighth inning. And for Dusan, Raul Alcantara looked very good in this one. Seven to third innings, he gives up three runs. He did give up two home runs. You do want to note that. For the NC Dinos, they were able to get a little bit of power as Aaron Altair wound up being able to go yard along with Heedon Kwan. For Kwan, that is his sixth home run of the year. And Altair all of a sudden is hitting 289. That is his 11th home run of the year. He's got 41 RBI. But with that said, over his hit in the first two games of this series. And Dusan had entered into this game having gone, I believe, 1-6 in the season series against the NC Dinos. The team that is currently chasing the NC Dinos is there in second place in the KBO standings. And they very nearly got a hit, no hitter of their own. That'd be the Kiwo Miros. They take down the Kia Tigers by a kind of two to zero. Eric Jokic looked absolutely amazing in this start. He winds up taking a no-hitter into the seventh inning. It got broken up by a Preston Tucker double, but he goes eight strong. He gives up one walk, one hit, five punch-outs. Bullpen from there, Sengu Joe winds up being able to get the save. And Hun Jung Yang, he has been struggling a little bit for Kia after he was arguably the best pitcher other than Josh Limboom in the KBO last year with a 229 ERA and 16-8 and record. It was a loss for him, but he looked pretty good. Six innings, he gives up two runs. He did not allow a ball to go over the fence. That has been his kryptonite. He's already given up. 
as many home runs this year in right around like 54 or so innings as he did last year in over 180. And for Kia, Sinbin Kim was the only other player to get a hit other than Preston Tucker. And for Ki Woom, the big difference in this one, Jung Ho Lee, he wound up being able to get a two RBI extra base knock. This guy is hitting 379 right now, 33 RBI, seven home runs. He's one of the best outfield defensive players that you're going to find in the KBO as well. Possibly the most underrated player that you're going to find in this league. Something that is not underrated is how bad the Anwa Eagles are. And after they won two straight games, well, they are back on a losing streak. As the KT Wiz, a.k.a. Smiling Blobs, take down the Anwa Eagles by a count of 72. This game was really blown open with three runs in the ninth. Med Rojas continues his terror with regards to the KBO home run leaderboard. He winds up going 1-5, of but that one hit wound up going over the fence. His 17th home run of the year. He leads the KBO in home run and RBI. Jay Gun Kwan also was able to get a home run in this one. This was his third home run of the campaign. He had 20 last year, so he's been off to a little bit of a rough start. And for the Blobs, they only had six hits in this one, but they were able to draw 11 walks. That was a difference maker in this one. As for the Smiling Blobs, William Cuevas, a pretty good start. Six innings, he gives up two runs in the process. And for Anwa, Minwoo Kim wound up giving up fewer than four runs in the first time in his last five starts, but from there, the bullpen, they wind up going in combined innings. They wind up going in combined four innings. They give up four runs, three of which were earned. And then the other notable game from the KBO was the Samsung Lions taking down the Giants of Lote by kind of 6-1. Adrian Samson just does not look good for Lote so far this year. He winds up giving up four runs over the course of five innings. Bullpen from there, they wind up giving up two runs over the course of four. But for Samsung, John Hon Beck, how about how good he was? Six scoreless innings. He has been doing an absolutely terrific job for this team after a rough start to the year. He also had six punch outs. As you take a look over his last four starts, he has given up a combined four runs, three of which were earned. This after he had given up four plus runs in each out of his first three starts. And for Lote, this just continues to be a team that they're not able to generate a lot of power. They were able to get six hits, but they were only able to generate one run for Samsung. They were playing without Tyler Saladino once again in this one. But Sung Gun Lee, how about him going? three of four. He was able to touch them all for a home run as well. That was his second home run of the campaign and that's his second career home run as Samsung has been doing a great job of putting back the ball. And now let's take a look at the MPB as it was wild out there as well. As the Oryx Buffaloes wound up circling the wagons all the way to defeat. Final in this one was 2-1 to one, and it was big that Chibalote ended this game in the 10th because what a lot of people don't know is that in the MPB, if the game is tied after 10 innings, that's it. That's all. It is ruled a tie. And the fact that Oryx actually got to the 10th was a miracle because Gibalote had the bases loaded and no outs and by some form of sorcery, the Oryx Buffaloes were able to get out of it unscathed. You've got to give a whole lot of credit to Tyler Higgins, a relief pitcher, for getting two punch outs with that regard. Adam Jones in this one wound up going one of four for the Oryx Buffaloes. Both teams scored a run in the first inning. From there, there was no scoring until that final inning, as that was the difference for the Chiba Lote Marines. And for the Chiba Lote Marines, they were a little bit off their game with regards to their offense, as their two big bomber players, Leonis Martin, along with Brandon Laird, wound up going a combined one of seven in this one, but Oryx Buffaloes now one and seven. Chiba Lote is seven and one. If you want to talk about a whole lot of runs, how about the Rakuten Golden Eagles? They put up a touchdown and a field goal in the fifth inning against the Nippon Ham Fighters. 18 to 4 the final in this one. The Ham Fighters were up at one point in this game by a count of 4 to 1. And then they gave up 17 unanswered. This sounds like they're going up against the Philadelphia Eagles and not the Eagles of Rakuten. As in this one for Rakuten, they only really had two home runs in this one. So, I mean, it was really just death by a million cuts. For the Ham Fighters, they just weren't getting the start that they were looking for out of Takeyadu Kato. He wound up going four innings. He gave up four runs, but the bullpen... 
they wind up giving up a grand total of 13 earned runs, 14 total over the course of four innings. And for the Raccoon Golden Eagles, you got to give it up to the bullpen in this one. They wind up being able to go four and a third innings. They don't give up a single earned run. They've got one of the best bullpens that you're going to find out there in this league. And they've also got a guy in Joe Blash that wound up being able to give the team three RBIs. The guy that really was able to step up in this one with seven Kind of 7 RBI, Hadetu Asamura, as he was able to get a home run in this one as well. Absolutely crazy. The Fukuoka Softbank Hawks have won 5 out of the last 6 titles in the MPB, but all of a sudden, they find themselves in 4th place in the Pacific League at 3-5 and five as the Cebu Lions wind up being able to come from behind. They get an 8-7 to seven win. This game was wild and crazy as the overcashes in the bottom of the third inning. In the bottom of the third inning, it was the Softbank Cogs who were up by a count of 7-2 to two at one point. Cebu was able to put three up on the board there. And then in the seventh, it was another three runs from Cebu to be able to get the win. And you saw a lot of power from both these teams. They both had two home runs apiece. As for the SoftBank Cogs, what is really big for this team is the fact that they just weren't able to get a whole lot of bullpen pitching in general. As Siyoshi Wada, you may remember him because he actually used to pitch for the Chicago Cubs. Well, he's now, I believe, either 38 or 39 years old, and it showed. He wound up giving up five runs over the course of three innings, and it was not a whole lot better for the Cebu Lions. As Watero Masumoto, he winds up going three innings. He gives up seven runs, but tip of that to the Lions bullpen. They go six strong. They don't give up a single earned run. Soft Bangkok's, their bullpen gives up three run difference in the game. And Corey Spangenberg, by the way, one of four for the Cebu Lions. So always have to give him a little bit of a shout out as he's obviously one of the better known players that you're going to find out there in the MPB. It is well known that the Hiroshima Carp have a very awkward mascot to say the least. And it was awkward the way that they played on Saturday morning as they wind up losing to the Chunichi Dragons by a count of 6 1. In this one, the Dragons were certainly. Roaring as Dion Viciato wound up getting a home run, his second of the campaign for the Dragons. They were in the bottom two in the NPB when it comes to home runs during the 2019 season. They've been looking to buff that up a little bit. And for the Dragons, they were actually able to get a very good start in this one. As Kazuki Yashimi, he winds up going five innings. He gives up one run bullpen from there, four scoreless innings. And then for the Hiroshima Carp, not a bad start out of Hiroki Takoda. He winds up going only two innings. He gives up two runs bullpen from there. It wasn't great. It wasn't awful. Considering they had to be pressed into action for six innings, giving up three runs is not necessarily awful. It looks like Dakota wound up leaving the game with an injury, so obviously you do want to take note of that. And it seemed like the Yamiori Giants had their entire pitching staff injured as they wind up giving up a seventh spot in the sixth inning to the Tokyo Yukult Swallows as the Swallows were able to gulp down a victory by a count of 9-6. to six. Yes, insert your Swallows with the score having a 6 and a 9 in your here. But with that said, for the Swallows, they did not necessarily get the start that they desired out of Yashiro Ugawa. He winds up going 5 to 3rd innings. He gives up 4 runs, but the team was just able to erupt in that 7th inning. And of note in this one, the Giants were able to get a home run off the bat of Gerardo Parra. That is his third of the campaign, but for the Swallows, they were able to strike for 2 home runs in this one, including the 4th home run of the campaign for Tistu Yamada. He is a guy that is certainly a force for this team. And for the Occult Swallows, this is a team that also has Nori Aoki and Alcides Escobar on it. Alcides Escobar wound up going 1 of 4 in this game. 
And for Nori, don't call me Steve Aoki. He was a pinch hitter in this game, and he came up with a two-RBI knock in this one as well. So he was certainly able to get the job done there. And then to wrap up the night, the Hanshin Tigers, a team that had really been struggling out there in the MPB. They entered into this night with just one win. Well, they doubled their total thanks to a three-run ninth as they take down the Yokohama Dana Base Stars by a count of 8-6. to six. Hey, baby, and what was very interesting is that you had Kosuke Fukudome come in as a pinch hitter for the Anshin Tigers at 43 years young. Jeffrey Marte was able to give the team an RBI late in this one, so you had a whole lot of that going on, and Justin Bohr wound up going 2 of 3. Yes, the same Justin Bohr that used to play out there with the Miami Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies, all those teams, and both these teams wound up having to go to their bullpen in this one as Michael Peoples... Well, we're going to make the joke here. He gave the peoples what they wanted. He gave up five runs over the course of five innings. Bullpen from there, they wind up giving up three runs in that ninth inning. And then for the Hanshin Tigers, they certainly were looking for a little bit more length out of Yutu Isada. He winds up giving up a grand total of three runs over the course of four innings. So it was really a piecemealing when it comes to the bullpen. And what is very interesting is the man that wound up coming into close this game out as it was Shintaro Fijinami. I believe that he used to be in a couple MLB organizations. He was able to get the job done there. And for the Hanshin Tigers, they were dead last in the MPB when it came to home runs during the 2019 season. Well, they were able to get a pair of home runs in this one, including one from a foreign-born player in Jerry Sands. That is his first home run of the campaign. So that is what we all noticed from the MPB and the KBO Saturday morning slash Friday night. Now, let's take a look at the games are going to be coming up for this weekend. Let's talk to a man that, much like myself, he has dove into the MPB and KBO and started to break down those leagues. That would be our good friend Sean Tierney, better known as Turning Hockey. He's going to be joining me next right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we are back here in Lovey Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. It is great to have on our next guest. Much like myself, this is a man that was a little bit sad when the pandemic hit because it meant that his normal sport was taken away, but he's done a great job of looking elsewhere. You can find this man at chartinghockey.ca, and his Twitter handle is exactly that. At Charting Hockey altogether, it is as it is Sean Tierney. He's been doing a great job of keeping up with the KBO. He has added the NPB to what he's looking for as well, and obviously he's getting geared up for the NHL season for one that boots back up as well. Sean, it is great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back on. It is great to have you on, and I said it at the top, I know that you, much like myself, have dove into the NPB and the KBO. I know that, obviously, the KBO started just under two months ago now. We're right around week number seven or eight of that with the MPB. It started approximately seven or eight days ago. What are some of the similarities and the differences that you've noticed with these two leagues? Because I found personally that it's been a little bit easier going for me with regards to predicting the MPB as compared to the KBO because it feels like the bullpens are a bit more stable. Right. It seems on my end the same way that there's a little bit more clarity about which teams are the top in the NPB and which teams are the bottom. It's a lower scoring league too, which can sometimes help in terms of sort of keeping your probabilities straight. But so far, it looks like there's kind of a top tier of a couple of teams that are are generally favored to come out ahead and then a couple of teams that are right at the bottom. My game predictions there I've been really happy with so far, but like you said, it started just within you know the past two weeks. And so sample still really small there. So still just sort of waiting for a couple of teams to show their colors. Teams like the Swallows, 
the occult swallows. I'm not sure about them, but you know, we're getting some clarity, like teams like the Hanshin Tigers look like they're probably pretty bad. And then, you know, teams like the Yomiuri Giants look like they're probably really good. And so just nice to have another league to dig into. Yeah, it certainly is a lot of fun. And we know this, the Fukuoka South Bay Cox have won five out of last six titles, which I do think is so interesting. And what I think you'll notice out there in the MPB as well is that you're going to find a, a little bit more of a variety of styles than in the KBO because it feels like in the KBO, you've got always a couple of power hitters in every single lineup, really, aside from the NY Eagles. You really don't have any power with regards to their lineup, but in the NPB, you found some of these teams hit 180-plus home runs as a collective during the 2019 season. And then there were teams like the Tigers and also, I believe it was the Chenichuri Dragons that hit less, less than 100 as well. So the power numbers in the MPB vary greatly, and you're going to find those variety of styles and the way that these teams really conduct their offense. Right, and just as an overall trend, when I was digging back in some past stats to get the model up and running, it looks like it's a lower scoring league than the KBO and maybe, you know, a little bit higher emphasis on strength of fielding, which we know is definitely not very high in the KBO. Looks like the pitching overall is probably a little bit more deep, not maybe the same number of names that would ring a bell for people that are MLB fans first. So definitely some differences in style, but um, you know, like you said, I think so far it's looked fairly stable in terms of a top tier and a bottom tier, which is really nice when you're trying to, you know, find some clarity on picking teams and picking winners each night. I totally agree with you. As we do have Sean Tierney of Charting Hockey joining me right here on the podcast. And in the KBO, it certainly has been very interesting as we've noticed some of the tomato cans because they always get kicked around. Rising up, the NY Eagles and the SK Wyverns have won two out of their last three prior to their win this morning. The LG Twins have been riding a seven-game losing streak. What I think has really been the difference for a lot of these teams is that the way that these bullpens have been performing, because with the Wyverns and the Hanwha Eagles, they've been doing a much better job out of the bullpen, I would say, the last week, week and a half. Meanwhile, the LG Twins, going into the beginning of last week, they were the top team in the KBO when it comes to the bullpen ERA. Now, obviously, the offense laying them down a little bit certainly has not helped, but with that said, I do think that that is such a big factor in this league, and we saw that on display this morning when the NC Dinos gave up nine in that eighth inning against the Bears. Right. I think the LG Twins are really a strange one. I've had them in that sort of second tier. The Dinos, you know, really roared out ahead of everybody and the packs kind of reeled them back in. But LG was one of those teams that looked like they were right there with Doosan and Kawum as that next tier of team or the teams that might eventually give them a push. But the Twins really went into the tank over the past little bit before kind of saving themselves. And when I'm power ranking the different lineups, I have their starting lineup in terms of hitters as one of the lower ones in the league overall, which is interesting. The others, like NC, Kiwoom, Doosan, they can bring some of that power hitting and they score enough runs. But uh, for the Twins, it's kind of a matter of trying to make sure they don't give up too much against in order to keep themselves in games. Their fielding is so-so. They give up about four and a half runs per game. And so that's kind of been the difference maker for them. But They've really been in the tank over the past two weeks. And so I've kind of become suspicious of them as one of those top teams. You know, maybe we'll see them kind of drift back as the season goes on here. A team that is certainly not drifting back. That would be the Kiwoom Heroes. They are right now the hottest team in the KBO. They are 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. This team is on fire. And they're going to be taking on a Kia Tigers team that I think we both agree would have one of the best starting pitchers that is going in the KBO and Aaron Brooks. 3-2 and two record so far this year. ERA of a 262 does a great job of keeping the ball in the yard. 
55 total innings so far this year, has given up just two home runs. Do you think that this could be a little bit of a letdown spot for Kiwoon because they very nearly had Eric Jokic be able to get that no-hitter? I believe that he was not just having a no-hitter through six. I think he was perfect through six. And for the Kia Tigers, we know that they've got some very capable bats, including Preston Tucker. I feel like they might be able to take out some of their frustrations on Wonte Cha tonight. This is my favorite matchup going into the morning slate. I have, I always do the projections without starting pitchers first and wait for the starters to be confirmed. And before this one, I had it in favor of Kuwum, which isn't surprising just based on overall team. But when you put Brooks and Choi Wante going for Kiwoom, when you put them in, I've got Kia just with a very slight advantage in this one. That just tells me this is going to be an exciting and tight matchup between two teams that really you could see it going either way. Brooks is going to be the difference maker. Choi Wante is one of the better starters going in the league right now, too. Ultimately, the difference here is maybe fielding. Kia has been pretty poor in the field, supporting their starting pitchers. And Kawum's at least middle of the pack in terms of that. So I'm looking at Kia as maybe just a slight favorite right now going into it. But this is as close to a toss-up as you're going to get. Yeah, and that's being reflected in the betting lines as you're going to find the key Tigers anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. So certainly a pick game there as we do have Sean Tierney join me on the podcast. And then you've got a couple games that involve foreign born pitchers as well. First one is obviously a little bit more lopsided as the KT Wiz, better known as our good friends, the smiling blobs are going to be taking on the Hanwha Eagles as Chad Bell is going for Hanwha. He just does not look good so far this year. 760 ERA. Looks like that injury that kept him on the shelf for the beginning of the year is just continuing to nag him. 27 innings. He has allowed 16 walks and hit three guys. Meanwhile, with Audrey Semmer Despagne. He's probably been the most unlucky pitcher in the KBO, although I'm sure that Ricardo Pinto will have something to say about that. 3-4 and four record, 4.50 ERA. He's done a good job of not walking, guys, but with that said, he just has not necessarily gotten the breaks to go his way, especially out there in the fielding, but I think that this could be a very good spot for KT to be able to get to Chad Bell and put two in a row up on the board. Right, I agree. I think Chad Bell is going to be the difference in this in the wrong way. KT and Hanwha have both sort of trended up. Hanwa had nowhere to go but up after the way they went on that 18-game losing streak. But their run differential has been just about break-even, just a little under over the past two weeks, which is a you know real stark improvement. They've got Chad Bell going, who's just been mediocre. The fielding there is poor. As a team, they're a negative two run differential team projected game by game. And they're going against KT, and KT's one of the top scoring teams. They've stayed sort of around the 5.7 runs per game. It's a slight advantage, uh, maybe about 0.2 better in runs for than against. But when you've got a top pitcher like Despagne going, that can be the difference for KT. You know they're going to score. As long as their pitcher can kind of keep the ball uh, from getting to their fielders too often, you know, they're a team that can win. They can put up their own runs. And so I've got KT favored pretty clearly going in over Hanwa, but that's not saying a whole lot. Oh, absolutely. And then we've got one other pick game out there in the KBO, and that's between Chris Flex and Andrew Rosinski in the Dinos and the Doosan Bears game, the one that we're going to find on ESPN at 4 a.m., Eastern, 1 a.m. Pacific. This is obviously going to be a terrific matchup. Chris Flexen was on the injured list for a little bit for Dusan, but in his last start, he looked very good, going six innings, giving up two runs, and punching out seven against the SK Wyverns. Drew Rosinski has been a rock of consistency. 5-1 record, 260-70 RA. He's been very good at being able to evade danger. This is someone that the strikeouts are typically there from, but even when they're not, he typically finds a good way to be able to not give up a lot of walks. How do you see this one? Because I give a little bit of an edge to the Dinos when it comes to hitting, and 
When it comes to the bullpen, I think that both these teams are relatively equal, but I do think that this is a spot in which I would have to favor the Dinos just a little bit because their catcher, Yuji Yang, actually used to play for the Doosan Bears, and I think that that intel helps out NC in this series specifically. When you get two top teams like this, it can be that small of a difference or you know, a catcher that knows both teams that can swing things. I've got this leaning towards the Dinos right now. They're still sort of hanging on to that early season push, so their numbers remain you know they project really positively six and a half runs for 4.7 against and that's not so far off from Doosan but Doosan just scores just a touch less they give up just a little bit more and then again I think you know the fielding has proved to loom pretty large in this league with a lot of contact hitters and people willing to put the ball on the ground in the infield and Doosan's one of the worst fielding teams and so it's going to be on Chris Flexen to you know sort of make sure that he's in good form and if he can strike out and see and sort of keep the ball out of the infield that gives them a better chance but I see this as the Dinos having the edge in both hitting and pitching the edge in fielding still just a slightly better team even though Doosan's really been rolling in the past two weeks so I'm leaning Dinos but again this is one where it's going to be really tight and it's going to be on those starters to make the difference for their teams. I agree with you as we do have Sean Tierney of Charting Hockey joining me on the podcast and then taking a look at the MPB board for Saturday night slash Sunday morning depending on what time zone you're looking at depending on what game as well because some of these games are starting a little bit earlier than others. Is there any game that really catches your eye because the one that really stands out to me is the Oryx Buffaloes and the Chiba Lote Marines. They're playing a really strange six-game series, and the Oryx Buffaloes have just been getting lambasted in this one. They've lost five straight, but they've got Yoshinobu Yamimoto, who's going to be going on the mound. This is an up-and-coming pitcher. Meanwhile, he's going up against Manubu Mima, who is a very young pitcher for Chiba Lote. Did not necessarily put up the best of numbers last year. And, well... I think that this might be the good old two-for-one theory for the Oryx Buffaloes. They've got a solid pitcher going on the mound. They've lost five straight, and they have just really been gas-canning these games late. I feel like they're close in a lot of these, and I think that this could be the day in which they finally break through. Right, and I've got this one as my biggest favorite going the other way. I've got the Marines with a fairly sizable edge over the Buffaloes, which isn't surprising because the Buffaloes have just been horrible so far, and they've got about a negative two run differential, which isn't so different than the SK Wyverns or Hanwha Eagles and the KBO. So, you know, that level of performance from them so far, we haven't seen this team get strong pitching and then get any run support to go with it yet. But I think, you know, you're on to it that with such a small sample size still, get the right pitcher and you get the right game. And, and you know, they've been playing each other enough that maybe this is the chance for the Orcs Buffaloes to go through. But we won't get that uh, Adam Jones gif of staring into the middle distance after the game. But I've got the Marines as the biggest favorite on my board going in tomorrow. And until the Buffaloes show me otherwise, I'm betting against them. Oh, I don't blame you there. I do think that this could be a good spot for the Buffaloes, but... I'm sure that many people have said that about the Bills before as well, and we've seen those be wrong with regards to the NFL. And then, is there any other games in the MPB that really catch your eye as well? Because I do think that we've got some very interesting matchups for this one, and that's reflected by the fact that this spreads out here in Vegas in a lot of these games, really, other than the Tigers and the Dana Bay Stars game are pretty small. Uh, Yeah, the other one I'll have my eye on is the Swallows and Giants. The Giants look like they're probably the best team, or at least in the top couple in the NPB, and they're favored in this game for me going against the Swallows. But the Swallows have a really nice run differential as well and can definitely hang with this team. So that's one where I'm just sort of keeping my eye. I like to know which teams are the top ones and which ones are kind of that sort of chalk at the top of the board team. And I think the Swallows could do themselves a lot of good by knocking the Giants off. 
Also, just have an eye on the Lions and Hawks. I have that one as my closest matchup going into tomorrow, the closest to a coin flip. Lions are a little bit more capable in terms of putting up runs, about five per game so far for them, but they give up a little more than they create. So I'm just curious to see with uh, the Swallows and Giants and then the Lions and Hawks, I think those are two games where I want more information about these teams as the model kind of sets in. And we've been noticing a whole lot of runs in that Hawks versus Lions series. And even though the SoftBank Hawks have won five out of the last six championships out there in Japan, the Cebu Lions actually wound up winning the league when it comes to the regular season in 2019. So obviously a couple big bomber teams. And speaking of people that do big bomber great work, that'd be you, Sean. would like to close it up with this. You're doing a great job of looking at both the MPB and the KBO on turning hockey and well, your name is Charting Hockey, and you certainly are able to do a little bit more of that. I know that there are a lot of people that were not so happy with regards to the NHL draft lottery and everything <laughs> like that, and you're taking a look at that, the playoffs, and so much more. So let the good people know how they're able to get a little bit more of your work and follow you on social media. Yeah, so chartinghockey.ca is the site, and it's a little of a misnomer because there is baseball, and I'll add some basketball once we get the return to play going there as well. You can find me at Charting Hockey on Twitter, and We're not so far off from the hockey season sort of kicking back off too, so I'll have plenty of playoff content once we get closer to the NHL playoffs as well. And Sean does a great job with a little bit of everything from baseball. Going to be diving into basketball, hockey. If I needed someone to handicap Tiddlywinks, I'm sure that he'd be able to do so in a very good (laughs) manner as well. So big thanks to Sean Tierney for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time that I give you a sided total on every game for the weekend NPB and KBO betting board as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Sean Tierney, better known as Charting Hockey, for joining me in the last segment to talk a little NPB and KBO. Now it is that time of the podcast, which I give you a side in total on every game on the NPB and KBO board for Saturday night slash Sunday morning as we touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed, at JRSquarty1. As per usual, aside from really pinnacle, you're betting on the team and the team only, so let's say that you think that Angel Sanchez is going to be pitching for the Yamiori Giants, and instead, you're going to be fading an actual Angel instead of Angel Sanchez. Well, you are still stuck with the bet, so you do want to be keeping that in mind. As per usual, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order, and we're going to be starting with the MPB, since with regards to time order, they have the earliest games. As The first game is actually going to be starting at 9 p.m. Pacific. That would be midnight Eastern, so that's why I'm saying Saturday night slash Sunday morning. And then the last game for the MPB is actually starting at 2 a.m. Pacific, and with regards to Eastern time, that's 5 a.m. Eastern, so... Keep that in mind that some of these game times are changing a little bit, so get in your bets before first pitch. And we're going to be starting with 304-127, 304-128. The Nippon Hamfighters are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Rakuten Golden Eagles. If you're taking a look at the Golden Eagles, laying anywhere between minus 137 and minus 140. Hamfighters are anywhere between plus 119 and plus 120. Your total on this game is 9. Overjuice anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. The under is anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. Pitching matchup in this one. Ryota Ishibashi is going to be going for Rakuten. Meanwhile, it is going to be Toshihiro Siguria, who is going to be going for the Ham Fighters. And 
Ishibashi is going to be able to really take advantage of what has been a superb bullpen for the Golden Eagles. They've got the top bullpen ERA that you're going to find out there in the MPB. They no doubt have been lights out. So that is obviously a very redeeming quality for this team. But then you take a look at the other side. With the Ham Fighters, they have been able to get a little bit of something going on offense. We also saw them give up 10 runs in an inning just this morning as well. So obviously, you've got the good and the bad there. But I will say this, when it comes to the Ham Fighters, you do have a team that, as a collective, they are only hitting a 216. That is nullified a little bit by the fact that they're getting about a home run per game. And Sho Nakata has already went deep three times so far this year for this team. But with that said, this is a squad that they're not necessarily doing the best of jobs of being able to get on base. But then when you take a look at what you are getting out of Segura, it is something that is very fascinating. He's made one start so far this year. He only went four innings, and you know what that means. You're probably going to be relying upon a Ham Fighters bullpen that, well, they certainly were not going ham this morning as they wound up being able to give up all those runs. But when you take a look at Rakuten, what I think is going to be big for this team is just getting Ishibashi his confidence back as during this first start of the season for this team, he wound up giving up four runs over the course of four innings. It certainly was not a good outing for him, but when you take a look at what he did during the 2019 season, this is someone that he was pretty solid for the team. He wound up going 8-7, 382 ERA. This is someone that is certainly not going to be like the biggest innings eater in the world. He's going to be five or six innings. He does give up about a home run and a half per nine innings, so actually both sort of well for the Ham Fighters. Only got right around five punch outs per nine innings, but I do think that he's going to be able to do a good job of holding on the fort. I absolutely love the way that this Golden Eagles bullpen has been performing. The bullpen ERA best out there in the MPB. I think that that's going to be a big difference maker. And then you've got Jabari Blash along with Stefan Romero. Both these guys have been doing a very good job of being able to hit for this team. With Romero, he's hitting above a 400. Now with Blash, he's hitting below the Mendoza line, but I do think it's going to be coming around and even though he's hitting below the Mendoza line on base percentage. So it's been above a 350 as well. And Asamura, Hadeto Asamura, he wound up hitting for a home run and 7 RBI in the team's last game. I do think that the scoring is going to be a little bit more stable in this one. I don't think that there's going to be any 10 run innings, but with that said, I think that Ishibashi is going to be able to get up off the mat. I think it's going to be a little bit of a lower scoring game, and the Eagles get the job done. So, we're going to be taking the Eagles and the under in this spot. We move on to 304-129, 304-130. The Cebu Lions are going to be playing us to the Fukuoka South Bangkoks. If you're taking a look at the South Bangkoks, you're going to be finding them as a slight under Dog in this one. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 103 and minus 105 with Cebu, right around minus 115 across the board. Your total on this game is 10.5 over and under are both at minus 110. Your pitching matchup for this one. Going for SoftBank, it is going to be Akira Niho and it is going to be Kato Yoza who's going to be going for Cebu. And Niho is coming in with an ERA of, and I kid you not here, 27. Yes, that is something that I certainly think is going to be going down just a little bit in this game as he just wound up being in a little bit of a tough spot in the first time that he came out. He wound up going one inning. He gave up three runs. This is someone that is not really used to going a whole bunch of innings. During the 2019 campaign for the Soft Bangkoks, he wound up giving the team a grand total of 28 stints. Only won 88 and a third innings. You could tell that he was sort of used as an advanced opener in some spots. He was sometimes used as a little bit of a long reliever. He never really had one true role with this team. What I will say for him is that he's always done a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. In his MPB career, 0.8 home runs give it up per 9 innings, but he also gives up 4.5 walks per 9 innings and 4.3 strikeouts per 9 innings. Needless to say, that's not necessarily great. And then when you take a look at the Cebu Lions, it is not as if they've got the most trustworthy 
guy out there in the world either that is going to be going as it is going to be very imperative that Yoza is going to be able to give this team a little bit of something. He wound up giving up three runs over the course of six innings in his first start of the campaign and this is someone that is just 24 years old. He pitched very sparingly during the 2019 season. He was able to see two appearances and five and a third innings in his MPB career before this year so obviously you've got an unproven commodity with that regard but what is a little bit more of a proven commodity is the fact that you've got a little bit of a better bullpen with this Abu Lions rather than the soft Bangkok's I think that you've got the best bullpen arm in general on the Lions as well in Reed Garrett. He's someone that's 27 years old. We all remember the fact that he pitched for the Detroit Tigers. So I actually do like the fact that they've got him in the back end for this team. And when you take a look at the Lions, Corey Spangenberg has been doing a great job. He had a grand slam earlier this week. He's someone that I think is going to be able to tear it up in this league. And another man that is going to be able to do a very good job of being able to tear it up in this league. How about Hitake Yamakawa? He's already got three home runs so far this year. This is a guy that does a great job of being able to rip the cover off the ball during the 2019 campaign. Hit 256 with 43 home runs and 127 RBI. Season before that, 47 long balls. So, needless to say, that is big. And then when you take a look at the South Bangkoks, this is also a team that is able to do a very good job of being able to put runs up on the board. They haven't been losing these games because they have a shortage of offense. Wilmer Ballantine had a two-home run game a couple days ago. He's been struggling a little bit when it comes to batting average in general. But this is a bunch that, as a collective, has an on-base right around a 325. So they've been doing a solid job of being able to get on base. They were able to get a bunch of runs up on the board. But bullpen really loved them down. Both these bullpens are tired. I think that it's going to be runs upon runs for both teams, but I think that in the end it is going to be the Hawks that are going to get the job done just because even though they don't necessarily have the greatest starter in the world, they've got a little bit more of a commodity, whereas when you take a look at what you're getting out of the Sabu Lions, you just don't know what Yoza is going to be able to give you because this is literally the fourth time he's ever taken a mound in an MPB game. So for that reason, we are going to go with the very slight underdog Hawks and we are going to be taking the total over as well. We move on to 304, 131, 304-132. The Yakult Swallows of Tokyo are going to be playing against the Yamiori Giants. If you're looking at the Giants, you're going to be finding them as a pretty significant favorite in this one. Anywhere between minus 157 and minus 165. With the Swallows of Yakult, they're anywhere between plus 138 and plus 145. Your total on this game is 9.5. With the 9.5, you're going to find the over of juice at minus 110 and the under is minus 110. Your pitching matchup for this one, Angel Sanchez is going to be going for Yamiori. Meanwhile, Haruki Yamada is going to be taking the mound for the Swallows. And with Angel Sanchez, this is someone that was absolutely superb in the KBO during the 2019 season. He was a big reason why the SK Wyverns were one of the best teams out there in the KBO. I will say this though, the jury is out as to whether or not he's going to be able to translate that to the MPB because we've heard in talking to quite a few different people that the MPB is a little bit of a step up from the KBO. When you take a look at Angel Sanchez at his first year in the KBO, he wound up struggling a little bit during the 2018 campaign. He wound up going 8-8 with a 4.89 ERA. We know this out there in the KBO. That's not necessarily great. Last year, he was 17-5 with a 2.62 ERA, but you take a look at his career AAA numbers, 8-6, 3-12 ERA. It's nothing great. It's nothing awful. He's always been able to do a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, so that is something that you can hang your hat on, but he sometimes get a little bit loose with walks as well. He's like a career 
two and a half to three walks per nine inning sort of guy, depending on the league that you take a look at. So I do find that to be a little bit intriguing. We know this, both the Giants and the Swallows wound up having to go deep into their bullpen as both these teams put up a whole bunch of runs in the sixth inning. But I think it's going to be very intriguing as to what the Swallows are going to be able to get out of their starter as well. Because I think that this is a Swallows team that should be able to do a little bit of a better job defensively this year as compared to how they did during the 2019 campaign. And with Yamada, this is a guy that he's a really more of a Ben, but don't break pitcher. 354 ERA and a 5 and 5 record during the 2019 campaign. Gave up one home run per nine innings, two and a half walks per nine. He also was able to give the team 8.7 strikeouts. So he's actually been doing a much better job with that regard because you take a look at the season before, he had 4.1 strikeouts per nine. So, I mean, it's really going to be a jury's out situation as to whether or not the 4.1 or the north of 8 is a little bit more representative. I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. And with the Swallows, we saw that Nori Aoki was used as a pinch hitter in the team's game Saturday morning, so I do find that to be a little bit intriguing. Seems like they're trying to get him a little bit of rest. What I think is going to be big for this team as well is just Continuing to get Tatsudo Yamada going. This is someone that has three home runs already this year. During the 2019 campaign, this is someone that had 35 home runs. He had an on-base percentage north of a 400. So this is someone that's really able to mash. When you take a look at the Giants of Yamiyori, they were able to get a home run off the bat of Gerardo Parra yesterday. Hayatu Sakamoto is someone that is also one of the best stars that you're going to find out there in this league. He wound up hitting a 312 with 40 home runs, 94 RBI during the 2019 campaign. So he no doubt is a very big bat. But with that said, I do feel like this total has gotten up a little bit too high. I do expect that the Swallows are going to be able to get a pretty good start out of Yamada. With Angel Sanchez, I think that he's going to be somewhere in the middle of how he pitched in his two KBO seasons. I think he's either going to be great nor awful. And with a lot of these teams, I think that both of them wound up saving a couple of their more trustworthy bullpen arms for this game because they did wind up having to play a little bit of a interesting game yesterday with the big blow-up ending that both of these teams had in the sixth. So for that reason, I'm going to wind up taking this total under. I think that it's going to regress a little bit, and I'm going to be taking the plus price here with the Swallows. We move on to game number 304-133, 304-134. The Marines of Chiba Lote are going to be playing us to the Buffaloes of Oryx. If you're looking at the Oryx Buffaloes, they're going to be anywhere between minus 130 and minus 135 favorites. With Chiba Lote, they're anywhere between plus 110 and plus 115. Your total on this game is 7. With the Overjuice, it is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. Under is anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115, so shop accordingly there. If you're taking a look at the pitching matchup, it is going to be Hashabino Yamimoto, who's going to be going for Oryx. Meanwhile, Manabu Mima is going for Lote, and... Manabu Mima, by the way, that sounds like a really good band. I want to hear what Manabu Mima has to throw out there, but with that said, I do think that this is a good spot for the Oryx Buffaloes. This is a team that has lost five straight games. I believe that in three of those games, they gas canned in either the 8th, ninth, or 10th inning, so certainly the bullpen struggles are real, but Adam Jones has already hit two home runs for this team. He's been able to do a solid job, only right around at 300 on base, but I certainly do think that this is someone that will be able to get this Buffalo's offense going because you take a look at the rest of the roster. You have Adrian Rodriguez. He's one of the other foreign-born players on this team. He doesn't have a single home run. He's hitting a 207. I have a feeling that's going to kick up. I will say this. 
Kenya Wakasaku, he has been hitting a 381 with a 480 on base, so he's obviously off to a little bit of a good start to the season. And when you take a look at what you're going to be able to get out of the Oryx Buffaloes, Yamamoto is one of the best starters that you're going to find for this team. He wound up being able to give the team their only win so far this year in his first start as he looked very good. He wound up going eight innings of scoreless baseball during the 2019 campaign. He went eight and seven, but that was a 199 ERA that he hung up on the board. How you go 8-7 and seven with a 199 ERA and go 149 innings and 21 starts is beyond me, but he's going to give you length. He's going to do a great job with strikeouts. Eight strikeouts per nine innings. Gave up a half a home run per nine innings. 2.2 walks per nine. Now, I do think that he's going to be figured out a little bit more than in his first start, but keep in mind, this is someone that's 21 years old and is putting up these numbers. It's absolutely insane, so certainly are some high hopes for him. You just want to be avoiding that Oryx Buffalo's bullpen because it has not been very good. And then we need to take a look at our good buddy Mima, who apparently I want to hear what he has to sing with regards to his rock band or whatever, but with Mima, he's also 1-0. He had a very good start to begin the year. Seven innings, gave up one run. This is someone that is a little bit less of an up-and-comer. He's a little bit more developed at 33 years old and was actually pitching for the Raccoon Golden Eagles during the 2019 campaign, and he had a solid 8-5 record, but the advanced numbers showed that he wasn't probably quite that good. 401 ERA, he's someone that is going to give you length. He wound up being able to give you 143 and two-thirds innings and 25 starts during the 2019 campaign. He did give up 1.2 home runs per nine. I will say this as well, only 1.5 walks per nine innings, but you're going to notice that the Oryx Buffaloes are a team that is very aggressive at the plate. This is not a team that is necessarily going to be drawing a whole boatload of walks, so I do find that to be intriguing. I think that this is actually a very good spot for the Buffaloes. I do think that Yamimoto is going to wind up giving up a couple runs. Brandon Laird already has four home runs so far this year for the Marines, and then you take a look at what you've got in Leonis Martinez, one of the best features that you're going to find out there in the MPB. Lote Marines are a good offense in general, but I think that the Buffaloes certainly have a huge advantage with Mima going on the mound for the Marines. I think that he's going to wind up giving up a couple runs. I think that the Buffaloes are going to get some power going, so I'm going to wind up taking this total over, and I'm going to be circling the wagons with the Buffs. We move on to game number three. 304-135-304-136. The Carp of Hiroshima are going to be hitting the road to face off against the Junichi Dragons. This is relatively a pick at a lot of spots. With the Carp, you're going to be fighting them anywhere between minus 108 and minus 115. With the Junichi Dragons, you're finding them pretty much anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. So, juice is going to vary a little bit, but this is relatively a pick game. Your total on this game is 7. The juice is on the over with the 7. I'm noticing that at pretty much all books, it is now minus 120 on the over, and the under is even, and the pitching matchup for this one going for the carp. It is Masamoto Miroshima, and it is going to be Kodai Umetsu, who is going to be going for Chunichi, and Umetsu is someone that looked very good in his first start of the year. This is one of the more trustworthy arms that you're going to get for a Chunichi Dragons team that they're going to need some good pitching because last year in the MPB, they were second worst when it comes to home runs. They just weren't able to generate any power, less than 100 in general. But when you take a look at what Umetsu was able to do at the beginning of the year, seven innings of scoreless baseball in his first start, he was able to get five punch-outs in the process. This is someone that's an up-and-comer. He's 23 years old during the 2019 campaign, 7-1 record, 220 ERA. He was 
a guy that didn't necessarily give you a lot of innings. He wound up going just 65 and a third innings over the course of 15 starts, but in those couple of innings, he looked very good. Nearly nine strikeouts per nine innings, 0.7 home runs per nine, 2.3 walks per nine. So this is someone that he's trying to build up his stamina, but you certainly have a good base to be able to work with with him, and it seems like he's starting to go a little bit deeper as he's getting a little bit older, and the Junichi Dragons were actually able to do a solid job with regards to their bullpen this morning, so I do like what I'm seeing there. With the Hiroshima Carp, this is a team that it feels like they've either given up a touchdown in nearly every game, or they've scored one themselves. Their bullpen is not necessarily great, but they do have some mashers out there in their lineup. Jose Pirella is someone that's hitting above a 300. Alex Mejia only hitting a buck 54, but this is a guy that has a little bit of pop in the bat. I do expect it to be a little bit of an upward climb for him as well, but how about Sia Suzuki, already five home runs for him so far this year. He's hitting above a 425. This guy is pretty much a Mike Trout of the NPB. You take a look at what he did as the age 24 season in 2019. He was able to go yard 28 times. He hit 335, 453 on base. He wound up stealing 25 bases. This guy is absolutely amazing. But what else is amazing is the fact that the Hiroshima Carp just don't necessarily have the greatest bullpen in the world. Geronimo Franzua is a guy that I just really don't trust in with regards to the foreign-born relievers with this team. And then when you take a look at the pitching matchup in general, they certainly don't have one of their least trustworthy arms out there. And Masahiro Marashita is a rookie. He's one of the more highly touted guys out there in Japan, but he's only 22 years old. His first start of the year in which he went seven innings and wound up giving up no earned runs, that was his first career start out there in the MPB. I think that the lack of experience is going to catch up with him in this one. I know that the Junichi Dragons certainly aren't the team that is going to be providing a whole bunch of mashers, but this is a team that they do a very good job with just regards to their team batting average. You take a look for the campaign. They're hitting as a collective right around a 275, and you've got a guy, Dayan Viciedo, that was able to get some confidence by going yard yesterday, so I actually do think that this is a very good spot for the Dragons, so we're going to take them here, and I do think that they get to the young 22-year-old pitcher and I think that they get into that carp bullpen that I don't like very much. So we're going to be taking this total over as well. And this is going to be the last game on the MPB board. And this is a game that is going to be at that awkward 2 a.m. Pacific, 5 a.m. Eastern time with regards to the first pitch. That'd be the Hanching Tigers in the road to face off against the Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars. With the Yakahoma Dana Bay Stars, Abe Bay, they are the biggest favorite out there in the NPB betting board. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 175 and minus 185. With Hanshin, you're going to be finding them anywhere between plus 155 and plus 165. Your total on this game is 9. Over and under are both at minus 110. Starting pitching matchup in this one. Going for Hanshin, it is going to be Tenichi Nakata and Kanatro Tierra, who is going to be going for Yakoma. And with Tiara, this is someone that I think is going to be able to give this team, once again, some pretty good length. You take a look at what he was able to do during the 2019 season, along with his first start of the campaign for 2020. He was able to be a very good bend-but-don't-break guy. He wound up giving up one run over the course of six innings in his first start during the 2020 campaign, taking a look back at 2019. 3.43 ERA, 7-6 record. What you like about him is that he doesn't walk, guys. 1.8 walks per nine innings, 7.2 strikeouts per nine, so it's not like like he's going to have just fireball numbers, but here's the thing. He's not going to
going to give you great lengths. Over the course of 23 starts during the 2019 season. Now, keep in mind, he was only 23 years old, so got to think that he's going to be a little bit more lengthened out this year. Only 99 and two-thirds innings. So that is a little bit of a concern that you have with him. And this is a base stars team that they really had to dive into their bullpen yesterday. Now, they do have a couple guys like a Spencer Patton that you were able to look at with regards to a bullpen perspective, and he's been very good. But we also know that they wound up getting lit up a little bit against the Tigers earlier this morning as they were able to strike for three. And you got to think that because of Kosuke Fukudome coming in as a pinch hitter into the game this morning that he is going to be in the lineup for this one with the Anjin Tigers. They've also done a little bit of a roster overall as well as Justin Bohr has been brought in to be able to give this team a little bit of pop after they were dead last in the MPB with regards to home runs during the 2019 campaign. He has yet to hit a home run, but he went two of three for the team in their game earlier this morning. He was able to get a double, so that is very good. Jeffrey Marte is a guy that hits a little bit above a 300 as well. And then when you take a look at the pitching for Anshin, they have a collective of a 460 ADRA, but I blame a lot of that with regards to the starters. Other than Yuki Nishi, they really haven't been able to get good starts, and that has put a lot of pressure on the bullpen, but I think that with Nakata going, that they are going to be in a little bit of better hands. To call him a veteran would be no understatement because he is now 37 years old. He was with the defending champion South Bank Hawks during the 2019 season. He did a good job of keeping games out in front of him. 6-3 record, 297 ERA, not going to give you great length, but it's not bad. 22 starts during the 2019 season. He went 100 innings. He was able to rely a little bit more on the bullpen out there with the soft Bangkoks, and he's probably going to be able to in this spot. I will say, walks are a little bit high. 3.9 walks per 9 innings during the 2019 campaign, but 0.3 home runs. He does an absolutely superb job of keeping the ball in the yard, and that's big because he's going to be going up against Tyler Austin of the Dana Bay Stars. Yes, we're going to make the A-Bay-Bay joke, and I think that with the Tigers, in general, they're going to be a little bit more of a feast or famine team for this upcoming year, and I do think that they do have a little bit more experience on the mound, which I think is going to be able to help them out with the base stars. They've obviously gotten off to a very nice start, but I do question whether or not Jose Lopez is going to be able to find it. He's sitting right around the Mendoza line, and then you've got Takeyushi Johnny as well. He's been able to do a solid job with the team. He's always hovering right around 15 and 20 home runs. He's going to be about a 275 hitter like he is right now, but I just don't know if that's enough to strike fear into a specific lineup. I think that in the end, the Wiley veteran is going to be able to get the job done. Coming over from the SoftBank Cox, this is his first start with the Hanshin Tigers, and I think that he's going to be able to give them a little bit of a boost. So for that reason, we're going to be taking the plus price here with the Tigers, and we are going to be taking this total under as well. And now we move to the KBO betting board, and as per usual, we are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order with regards to these as well. And we are going to be starting with the game that is going to be on ESPN. That would be the NC Dinos hitting the road to face off against the Doosan Bears. 304-621, 304-622. If you're taking a look at the Doosan Bears, they are a very slight favorite in this one. I'm finding them anywhere between minus 112 and minus 115. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Dinos, you're pretty much getting minus 105 across the board. If you're taking a look at this total, you're going to be finding it at 9. With regards to the over, it is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Juicy under is anywhere between even minus 105. It is going to be Chris Flexen going for the New Sound Bears and Drew Rosensky for the NC Dinos. We talked about this game with our man Sean Tierney, and this is a spot where I do think that it is good for the NC Dinos because I feel like their lineup 1 through 9 is just a little bit more deep in this one. We have noticed that each of the first two games, 
went over very, very late. The nine-run inning that the Doosan Bears had in the bottom of the eighth pushed it over Saturday morning. And then if you take a look at the day before the NC Dinos were able to erupt in the ninth against the Doosan Bears. But what I also find is that a lot of the more trustworthy bullpen arms have been saved for both sides. So I do think that that's very big. Like with Doosan, John Hun Wan is actually one of the better relievers that you're going to find out there in the KBO. He's going to be active for this one. We obviously know that you've got a little bit of an advantage with regards to the catcher, Yuji Yang, who played for several years with the Doosan Bears, and he's one of the best mashers that you're going to find as well. He's sitting right around at 300 for this bunch. He's already got 32 RBI. You've got to love that. Aaron Altair was able to go yard for the NC Dinos earlier this morning. How about Jin Sung Kong hitting a 378 for this bunch? Sung Bum Nas hitting above a 300. He's got a double digit amount of home runs. List goes on and on. And with Tucson, I certainly do think that Chris Flexen is going to be able to give them a little bit of a better start. He wound up coming off the injured list. Did not have his best start in his first start, but in his second start off the injured list against the SK Wyverns a couple days ago, looked more like his normal self. Six innings, giving up two runs. I can expect something a little bit similar here. First time he went up against the NC Dinos, that was on May 20th. He went eight innings. He gave up one run. I don't think he's going to be able to quite duplicate that. He had 10 punch outs in that game. He has been doing a little bit of a better job with his command, but I do think that this is a spot in which the Doosan Bears are trying to get a little bit more out of Juwan Cha along with Jose Miguel Fernandez with regards to a power standpoint, and I don't know if they're going to be able to provide it. JLO is back, 357 batting average. He is very solid with that regard, but I do feel like NC has a little bit more of that home run potential in this one. I think that Drew Rosinski is going to do a great job of keeping the ball in the yard, and NC is going to pull out a surprisingly low-scoring game. So for that reason, we're going to be taking the Dinos of NC, and we are going to be taking this little under as well. We move on to 304-623-304-624. The Eagles of Anwa are going to be playing those to the KT Wiz, or as they are known on this podcast, the Smiling Blobs. And if you're taking a look at our good friends, the Smiling Blobs, well, here's a shocker. They're a favorite of massive proportions. If you're looking at the Blobs, you're laying anywhere between minus 216 and minus 225. With Anwa, you're going to be finding them between plus 185 and plus 190. Your pitching matchup in this one. Going for the Blobs, it is Uri Summer and it is going to be Chad Bell going for the Eagles, which makes this total 9.5. With a 9.5, over Zeus anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Unders anywhere between even and minus 105. And Chad Bell has been a hot mess. This is a guy that's giving up nearly 6 walks per 9 innings. It has been absolutely awful. With Anwa, I do have to say, I mentioned it with Sean Tierney, the bullpen has been a little bit better for this team. I will give them some credit there, but they were a little bit worn out towards the end of that game against the Blobs because they had to use so many pitchers because even though they only gave up 6 hits in the game Saturday morning, they issued 11 walks, and we found that a lot with the Eagles. Sometimes they're just as lost as a snowman in a bonfire when it comes to their command. And with Audrey Semmer Despagne, he's actually been getting lit up quite a bit recently. He has given up at least four runs, all of which were earned in four out of his last five starts. And in those five starts, he's given up a combined five home runs. He hasn't had more than five punch outs in any of those starts as well. And he's had at least three walks in three out of his last four as well. So he certainly has been struggling a little bit. I do think that this is a very good get well spot for him though. And I don't think he's going to be giving up as many bombs because with Hanwha, you don't have a single guy on this roster that has more than four plus home runs. They do have a couple guys that have been doing a little bit of a better job of getting on base. I do give them some credit there. Someone like an Ewan Jung has been able to give this team a 266 batting average, 358 on base. That is something that is worth noting for this team. And then Jin Ho Jung has been a nice surprise as well. 272 batting average along with Young Koo Lee, who's hitting right in that neighborhood as well. But we know this with the smiling blobs. They've got Mel Rojas, who's right now leading the KBO in RBI. 17 home runs. That leads the league. Beko Kong won the up-and-coming stars with this team. He's got a double-digit amount of home runs despite the fact that he missed a couple 
weeks for this team. You've got someone in a Jungo Joe who's sitting at 318 as well. Really outside of John Hoon Yu, who has been able to give the team right around five home runs. You don't necessarily have a lot of power behind Beko Kung along with Mel Rojas, but you've got a lot of guys that they've got some speed. They're doing a good job of getting on base. And Duwan Her should be getting more at-bats. This guy is hitting a 500. They had him in the lineup yesterday. He was able to get a couple more hits as well, so that was big. But we do know this. Even if Despanier is on his game, you could pencil in the blobs of bullpen for giving up a couple runs. They've got an ERA north of seven. They're awful, but I have a feeling that Chad Bell is just not going to be able to find him once again. I mean, he's been a hot mess all year long. 0-4 record, 7-60-70 RA. I think he gets this right. I think the Blobs bullpen gives up a couple, but I think that in the end, the Blobs just wind up putting it on Han Juan. I think that it becomes a very, very high-scoring game. So for that reason, we're going to be taking a look at the smiling Blobs on the run line. If you're taking a look at a run line players on this one, you're going to be finding it anywhere between minus 130 and minus 140, so we're going to be riding that along with the over. We move on to what is going to be a very, very tight game with regards to the spread. 304 625 Kiwum Heroes are going to be playing those to the Kia Tigers. With the Kia Tigers, it is starting to lean to them being a slight favorite. They're anywhere between minus 110 and minus 115. With the Heroes, you're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 105 and minus 110. And your total on this game, it started out at 8.5. We are finding an 8 out there as well. With the 8 over as you said, minus 115, the under is minus 105. If you're taking a look at the 8.5, the over on that is going to be minus 115, and the under is minus 105, as it is is really a game that we're seeing a lot of steam with regards to the under end. It's because of the pitching matchup that we were talking about a little bit earlier. It is going to be Aaron Brooks who's going to be taking the mound for the Kia Tigers and it's going to be Wonte Cha who's going to be going for Kiwum and I know that some people have always tweeted me about this. The last name Cha it is spelled C-H-O-I you can either go with Che which sometimes I try to but my Wisconsin accent sometimes comes in and then you can go Choi obviously as well so if there's a little bit of confusion there I apologize I'm trying to do the native tongue and I think that I'm doing it wrong so we're going to try one way or the other we're going to try to figure it out but what I can tell you is that Choi we're going to use that one here he's been solid for this Kiwoom team he has been able to do a much better job in his recent couple starts last five starts he has given up three earned runs or fewer in four of them so he's been able to do a solid job there but here's what's really concerning the fact that he has given up six home runs in that time span as well, but he will do a very good job of not giving out walks. He's given out more than two walks in just one out of his nine starts so far this year, so that's obviously good, and with Ki Woom, what we know about this team as well is that they do a very good job of being able to get guys on base. They've got, in my opinion, the most underrated player that you're going to find out there in the KBL. You've got someone that has driven out over 30 runs, one of the best defensive outfielders that you're going to find in the KBL, and someone that's hitting at 380 and Jung Ho Lee. He's not getting the respect that he deserves, and I think that a little bit of it is because a lot of people are focusing on the struggles of Biongo Park. He's hitting just a 227. I will say the on-base is a 380, but last year he led the KBO in home runs. So far this year, he's hit 11, so he's really been able to come on as of late. That has been very welcome as he has been able to give the team four home runs over his last seven games. He's starting to find it with that regard, but he's a little bit of a feast or famine hitter. He's had one multi-hit game ever since June 2nd, so obviously that's a little bit of an issue for this team. But then you've got a couple other guys, like a Dungwon Park that's hitting a 300. He's got a little bit of pop in the bat. You've got to like what he's doing. Kyon Chase So has really been able to do a solid job the last couple weeks of being able to get on base, 397 on base. He's got 22 RBI, not necessarily a power hitter, but he does a good job of being able to set the table. And then with the Kia Tigers, you just don't know what you're going to get game to game out of Preston Tucker. This is a team that they were in danger of being no hit 
during the contest Saturday morning. But you do have Preston Tucker, someone that does a very solid job of being able to get on base, but it seems like he's either going to give the team like three plus hits or he's going to go like 0 of 5. For the year, he's got an on base right around a 411 home runs, 40 RBI. But then you've got Hung Woo Choi. He has gone deep eight times, 31 RBI. He wound up having a grand slam in the first game of the set. He's hitting a 315. G1 Na is like 35 or 36 years old. He's got a 373 on base, six home runs, 25 RBI. I do think that this is a very good spot for Kia because Aaron Brooks is one of the best players of being able to keep the ball in the yard for this team. He has given up just two home runs all year, but I do think that a little bit of regression is going to wind up setting in. I do think that Choi is going to be giving up a couple of runs in this one. I like the way that Kia is able to take the ball yard. I think that we're going to see a couple home runs with Kia. I don't know if the bullpen is necessarily too trustworthy. And with Ki Woom, they had to use up their main reliever in the team's game Saturday morning as well. So for that reason, I'm actually going to go with an over, despite the fact that we've got a pretty solid pitching matchup. I think that we are going to see some deep balls. I think that in the end, he is going to get the job done. So we're taking the Tigers and the over in this spot. We move on to 304-627-304-628. The Giants of Lotte are going to be playing host of the Samsung Lions. If you're taking a look at the Lions, they are becoming a bigger and bigger underdog. They are anywhere between plus 120 and plus 130 with Lotte. Going to be laying a Lotte juice of anywhere between minus 140 and minus 150. Your total on this game, it is 10. With the over, you're going to be finding the juice of 10 at anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Unders anywhere between even and minus 105. Pitching matchup for this one. Daewoo Kim is going to be going for Samsung. Meanwhile, Zaywoon Park is going to be going for the Lotte Giants and I just cannot trust him parking this spot. I mean, this guy has been absolutely terrible this year. 1-4 record, 6-07 ERA, 40 innings pitch. He has given up 7 home runs and 16 walks. I mean, there's just nothing to show you that this guy is really capable of taking the KBO mound right now. He's given up 4-plus earned runs in 4 out of his last 5 starts. Make that 5 out of his last 6 starts. 3-plus runs in all but one of his starts so far this year. It has been a hot mess, and that's putting it very politely. Now, we do know this with Lotte. They are not a team that necessarily has a lot of guys that are going to go yard, but they do have a bunch of guys that they do a solid job of getting on base. Dayo Lee hitting a little bit over a 300 for this team. Over the last three weeks or so, you've really gotten Dixon Machado going. This is someone that he has a batting average over the last three weeks, hovering right around a 350. Asap Sun hitting nearly a 350 for the campaign as well, so you do have to like to see that. Hoon Jung has been very solid as well. This is someone that has only one home run, but he's hitting a little bit above about 300. If you're really looking for some power, the guy that you look to, John Woo John. 290 batting average so far on the year. Nine home runs, 23 RBI. He's been able to do a very solid job with that regard. So I do think that Lotte is going to be able to get to a guy in Daewoo Kim that, let's face it, he's not necessarily great. He's not necessarily awful. 382 ERA, 2-2 two two record. He's been sort of a mix of a starter and a reliever. He's went in 11 games so far this year, five of which were starts, a total of 33 innings. He's kept the ball in the yard. Four home runs, but He's gotten 11 strikeouts in 33 innings. That's not good. He's gotten more walks than strikeouts. And, I mean, 13 walks in 33 innings is not necessarily bad, but he doesn't get anyone to swing and miss, which I find very intriguing. His last start came on the 17th against Tucson, but he looked very good at that one. He wound up going six innings. He gave up two runs. So, this is a guy that he really pitches contact. He does a solid job of being able to get out of it as well. He does a decent job of keeping the ball in the yard, which I find interesting. And when you take a look at Samsung, this is a team that they don't have 
Tyler Saladino in the fold, but they too have a bunch of guys that do a very good job of being able to get on base. Hakju Lee, he's had a multi-hit game in seven out of the team's last 12. Sung Soo Kim, he is hitting a little bit above a 300. He's not necessarily going to give you a lot of home runs, as a matter of fact. Zero on the air, but he's done a good job of being able to draw walks. That is something that is very encouraging for the team. Min Kong, he has been struggling for the team a little bit at the catcher spot, but you got to feel like he's going to have a little bit of a come up. And then the guy that you're really looking to for the team, Ja Koo. 320 batting average. He's been able to go deep four times. I do overall like the Samsung lineup. I think that both these teams are just going to be able to get hit after hit after hit. I do think that this is a spot in which because the Lions just have a little bit of better command with Kim, and I like their bullpen a little bit more, that they're going to be able to get the job done. I think the bullpens are going to be very up and active. I think that Park continues his streak of giving up four plus earned runs. So for that reason, we're going to be going with this total over, and we're going to be taking the plus price here with the Lions, and we're going to wrap things up with 304, 629, 304, 630. Yes, K. Wyverns are going to be playing OCLG LG Twins. If you're taking a look at the Twins, you are going to be laying quite a bit here. It is anywhere between minus 164 and minus 170, a little bit random there. Meanwhile, with the Wyverns, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 145 and plus 150. Your total on this game, it is 10. With the 10, the over juice anywhere between even and minus 105. Unders anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Your pitching matchup on this one. Juhan Kim is going to be going for the Wyverns. Meanwhile, Chen Gu Lim is going to be pitching for the LG Twins. And for Lim, this is someone that he's not been great. He's not been awful. He's really pitched to his career numbers. 469 ERA, 3-2 record, 40 in the third innings. He's given up five home runs. That's not great. That's not awful. 11 walks. So he keeps the game out in front of him. He's not necessarily going to be a guy that is going to light it up. He'll have his good starts. He'll have his bad starts. But recently, he's been doing a good job. He had given up four plus earned runs in four consecutive starts prior to his last two. But you take a look at his last two. A combined four runs given up over the course of 12 innings. 13 punch outs in that time span as well. Now, he did it three guys in his last start against Anwa. But the start before that, he wound up going up against the SK Wyverns. He wound up going six innings. He gave up three runs. And we know this with the Wyverns. They just have not been able to get a whole lot of offense going. But I do think that this does have a chance of being able to change because Jung Cha along Jamie Romack were both in the top five with regards to home runs in the KBO during the 2019 campaign. I think it's going to turn around for them at some point and the big thing for them is being able to get multi-run home runs in. Jaehoon Cha I think is going to be able to help him out with that. With Jay, he has been able to hit right around a 320 for this team or you can call it Choi as well. I'm sure that I'm going to be screwing this up on this podcast moving forward but we are at the very least trying and with the SK Wyverns. This is a bunch of they to go to the bullpen a little bit earlier than expected. I'm just not sure what to really expect out of their starter in this one because they're in a little bit of a precarious spot because with Kim, this is someone that for the year, he's got a 10.80 ERA. He's made one start and he's made three relief appearances. This is the first time that he's going to be taking the mound in the KBO ever since May 22nd. So Needless to say, there's a, really a jury's out situation here. He's made a grand total of six career starts. So, I mean, you can't expect a lot of length with the SK Wyverns. They also have Korean for blown save, Jaehoon Ha, currently on the roster. And with LG, you've got to feel like Roberto Ramos is going to be able to get a home run up on the board. He's had just one over the last three weeks. Hansu Kim, the hit machine, he's hitting a 350 for this bunch. I do like what he's able to bring to the table. And then you've got quite a few other guys that are able to do a solid job of being able to put bats the ball. 
J1. O has been hitting right around 260. He's really been doing a solid job recently, along with Yi Kim, who's hitting a little bit above a 300 as well. So I like those guys with SK. I do think that they are going to be able to get to LG and Lim a little bit in this one. So I think that they're going to be able to do their part. But in the end, I think that this is a good spot for the Twins, especially with the turmoil that is surrounding the Wyverns with their manager fainting in the clubhouse a few days ago and the fact that they're going with a bullpen game here. So for that reason, we're going to be taking this little over and we're going to be laying the money line here with the LG Twins. And now we're at things up for the Saturday afternoon slash Sunday morning edition of the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to our good buddy, Sean Tierney, a.k.a. Charting Hockey, for joining me in the second segment. If you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And if you have a very big question for the podcast, fire it into my timeline, Nature Squarey 1. We don't have any KBO slash MPB games that are going to be taking place Sunday night slash Monday morning. So I'll be talking at you guys in 48 hours. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. And I will catch you guys then. Thank you so much for joining us.